Good morning. Hope you guys are doing amazing today. We're going to do a little something a little different this morning, this week. We are uh, at Burlington Christian Church. We are in our vacation Bible school. Just kicked that off this week. And uh, we're having a lot of fun. The theme of our, uh, of our week is monumental. Monumental, which means huge and big and amazing. And so... Uh, a lot of fun things going on in our Vacation Bible School. A bunch of kids having a good time learning and growing uh, uh, in their faith. Uh, my little makeshift uh, screen for you. So I love visuals and this will allow me to use some visuals. So uh, I have that for you. We're watching out for this character. His name is uh, Indiana Napo. He is uh, going to come stumbling into our Vacation Bible School uh, this week. Keep a weathered eye out for him. We've been talking about walking by faith, and we're gonna we're gonna deter from that for this week, uh, just to keep in line uh, with our theme of our vacation Bible school with these kids and our adults. And so, what we're talking about is uh, today is this: that God is the God of surprises. He's a surprising God. I mean, everything that He does is full of energy and creativity. He's He He is the only one that can do something new that has never been done before. He can bring something out of nothing, which is the uh, definition of surprise. So God is more than able to surprise us. And in the book of Psalms, chapter 65, the scripture says, the whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. God is the God who is a marvel-working God. And all of creation, all of the earth is filled with awe of God. Too bad more people aren't filled with awe of God. But those who know God and have seen God work and have experienced God in our lives, we know that he is he is filled with awe. We are filled with awe at his ability and his wonders. Our God is full of surprises. He's full of surprises. Moses, remember Moses back in the day, Moses, many times in Moses' experience, Moses was surprised by God, right? Fire at night to guide them, a cloud of pillar in the day to lead them through the wilderness, manna in the morning to eat, Food, where are we going to get food for? God will provide. Okay, in the morning, God, he just rains down manna onto the ground, and they ate. And, and, and they needed water, and God gave them water out of a rock, out of a boulder. And then, then you know, the parting of the sea. I mean, over and over, not just the power of God, but the surprise of God. Like, how is this going to work? God's got the answer. That's how it's going to work. And God is a God of surprises. But one time, one time, uh, Moses... Moses was having a hard time when he was first called by God in the burning bush. When he would, That's a surprise, right? And uh, God was called him to go into Egypt and get the people out. Moses was having a hard time buying into the fact that he was going to be able to pull it off. And he's like, God, I'm not sure if I'm the right guy. I, 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 I can't talk. I can't talk. I can't talk for, you know, he stuttered. And he had these issues. And so he didn't think he could do it. And God said, Moses, listen, Moses. What's that in your hand? Moses said, this is my staff, you know, for sheep and stuff like that. And he goes, Moses, throw it on the ground. He throws it on the ground. It turns into a serpent. 
And it's slithering around and God says, now pick it up. And Moses picks it up by the tail and it turns back into his staff. And God says, Moses, put your hand into your cloak. So Moses puts his hand into his cloak. He says, now pull it out. He pulls it out and it is filled. It is covered in leprosy, white, scaly, nasty, dead, a dead hand. God says, put it back in your coat, cloak, pull it out again. And it's completely well again. It is completely healed. And Moses is like, say what? Like, this is incredible. What? Talk about a surprise. That was a huge surprise. And God said, Moses, listen, Moses, that's nothing. I will be with you. And you are going to see the wonder of God at work. And we know what happened. He went to Egypt, all those plagues that God rained down, sorry, God rained down on, on Egypt because Pharaoh's heart was hard and he wouldn't let the people go. And you know, we remember guys like Jonah runs away from God. What happens to him? He gets swallowed by a big fish. Surprise, I'm not gonna kill you, but you're gonna stink for a while. And he burps him up onto dry land and Jonah goes and he preaches to Nineveh. Remember Joshua, Joshua, God says, listen, Joshua, you're going to go conquer the land. Here's what I need you to do in Jericho. Just march around the city, blow your trumpets, and watch the walls of Jericho come crumbling down. All through Israel's history, God uses his people to surprise attack the enemy and crush the enemy over and over again. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and that fourth person that was in the fire with them. Three went in, but there's four in there. And one of them looks like the son of man. What a pleasant surprise that was for those three guys. Balaam's donkey, remember he spoke, he spoke, he talked. And the disciples, remember, they're on the lake. And uh, there's this big, huge storm comes rolling in. They're afraid and they're scared and they're about to die. And then all of a sudden, here comes Jesus walking on the water. Wow, that would have been a shocker. You're not thinking about that happening, but here comes Jesus in the middle of the storm, walking on the water. Surprise. Shocker. So many, too numerous to count God's surprises. And, and remember angels, angels uh, appearing to people all through uh, history, shocking the socks off of people when they appeared. I mean, like, really, like, scaring them to death in a surprising way, in a positive, in a good way. Elisha, remember, Elisha looks up, and his servant looks up, and they see, they see angels sitting on chariots of fire all the way around the mountaintop. And, and, and Elisha says, there is more with us than against us. And, and he was able to see into the spirit realm of those angels. And Peter's in prison and angels show up and they release Peter from prison. They walk right out. Chains fall off. Doors open up. Guards fast asleep. The woman at the tomb ran into some angels. Men in white at the ascension of Jesus as he goes up and they're looking up and they, they bring their eyes back down. And there's two angels standing there now. Jesus was there, now he's gone, now angels are there, and they appear to him. What a surprise that must have been. And then shepherds on the hill with sheep, right? Tending the sheep at night, and suddenly angels appear. Surprise, a baby has been born to us. The surprises of God 
are incredible. Not to mention, not to mention the six days of creation where God said, watch this. Just watch what I'm gonna do next. Day one, day two, day three. Man, God just is a God of not just power and authority, but of surprise. Like, like we are the people who get to enjoy the surprises of God, power, creative power on full display. All around us, God working, doing amazing things from the beginning of time. Our God is the God of big surprises. That is so incredible, isn't it? The God of big surprises. And what I hope today, what I hope today is that at some point in your life, at some point in your life, God has taken you by surprise. I hope at some point in your life, the miracle of God's divine surprise has showed up on your doorstep. I hope and pray that this morning you can clearly remember and, and declare times in your life that God has showed up, that God did something amazing, that he did the impossible in your life at some point. Maybe it was a healing, or maybe there were resources that were needed, and, and God provided those in some like unpredictable way. Or maybe God put people in your life, like the most like obscure person or, or the person you would never think God could use in that way. And, and, and they, they're now in your life and God has brought them in in some miraculous way. And God is doing something in you because of your friends or people who have led you to Jesus or people who have had a great impact in your life. I mean, that's God at work. Maybe it's a word of encouragement at the right time or guidance or comfort or, or a social media post at a much needed time. Like that moment when you were at the very end of your rope, like things were not looking good. You tied that knot on and you're hanging on for dear life. And then God showed up and God made a way. Like it, that's so incredible because it's God. It's God like pushing us to the very edge and beyond, causing us to grow and stretch and, and be stronger, just like you would train your muscles and push them, right? So that we would trust God more. And then, and then right when we needed it, God shows up and, and the big surprise happens again. I hope in your life that that has happened more than once for you. I, I hope that it has. Jesus, when he was on the earth, full, 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 full of surprises over and over again. Crowds of people, the religious leaders are amazed. They are shocked. They're surprised at his teachings, at his power. Shocking. They couldn't believe it. People were surprised at Jesus's moral compass. They were surprised at his humility, his authority over natural elements like sickness and, and, and disease and all kinds of, of uh, weather and, and storms and, and seas and whatever. God showed his power over those things that, that people were surprised at his wisdom, his ability to bring back the dead. You know, they were surprised at his uh, disregard for Jewish customs. And they were also surprised at the company he kept. 
They were shocked. See, they were surprised at all these things. Some were surprised to the point of hate and rejection, and others were surprised with a greater sense of courage and, and a greater sense of faith in their life for what Jesus was doing. And I bet you never thought of this. God is never, ever surprised. There is nothing that you or I can do that could ever happen that will surprise God. Because here's the thing. Not only does God plan the future, but God's already in the future. He's already there. He's there already. He can't be surprised because he already knows, right? He can't be surprised. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, the scripture says this. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Nothing is hidden from his sight. Nothing can surprise God. Nothing you do or ask will ever shock God. Nothing. There isn't a thing you can do. There isn't a thing you can say that will ever catch God by surprise. Like God is going to say, oh, I never thought of that. That's never going to happen. Or where did that come from? God, that's never going to happen. It's never going to happen with God. And this is why God assures you and me. Like he's already there. We're not. He assures us that we're in his presence. And that because we're in his presence, we don't need to be surprised. See, God, is, he allows us to like live somewhat in the know with him. To know what he knows in part. Like to, to live in his presence so that we're not surprised. In fact, the scripture tells us not to be surprised because God's already told us what's coming. He's already told us what's coming ahead, right? Like in this, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 13, the scripture says, John writes, he says, Do not be surprised, brothers, if the world hates you. Don't be shocked at that. If the world doesn't like you because you're a believer or because you stand up for truth, and I'm telling you what, it's getting more and more this way. You watch the news, you watch TV. We, as Christians, standing up for truth, are going to be hated more and more in this world. It's already, you can already see people, they don't like the truth. They don't want to hear about the truth. And when you say the truth, they call you racist. They call you all kinds of names because they don't want to hear anything about the truth from God. To them, there are no absolutes. Anything goes. That's the world we live in. God's already told us, do not be surprised when this happens. Peter said, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you or around you, which comes upon you for the testing of your faith, as though some strange thing were happening to you. When persecution comes, when trials come, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at the fire that you're going to have to go through at some point. Maybe different points, but, but no doubt as life goes on, it's going to get hotter and hotter for those who stand for the truth. Peter says, look, don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. Don't let it cut you off guard. Be ready for this. And then in 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes, However, brothers, you are not in the dark. That's God's desire. Don't be in the dark. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. In order that that day of the Lord, when Jesus comes back, might surprise you like a thief. Don't be shocked. God's already told us he's coming back. You know this is going to happen. Why would you be surprised? 
We're in the know. You know who should be surprised? The people who aren't living for God and don't know and don't care. They're going to be shocked out of their socks. But you and I, we should not be surprised because God's already told us. In the kingdom of light, God helps us to live in the light, in the know, in the truth. God helps us. So some things, no surprise. But when it comes to the things of God, <coughs> big surprises everywhere. It's why Paul would say in Romans chapter 11, God works in mysterious ways. And how true is that? Mysterious ways. God is the God who orchestrates all kinds of things. He, he's not bound by time. He can orchestrate things in minutes, in hours, in days, in months, in years, like over years of time, thousands of years of, from Adam and Eve to our very day, God has been orchestrating everything to bring you and me to this very moment. He's the God who orchestrates it all. Last story I want to share with you in Genesis 42 and 45, um, there's a story about God, how God had this big surprise for a family of brothers, brothers. Jacob, Jacob had many sons. Jacob had lots of sons. And these are all brothers, and I might add, not so nice brothers. Now, I've got some brothers, and some of them are nicer than others. I won't mention any names to them, but um, they know who they are. <laughs> Just kidding. They're all awesome. I got the best brothers in the world. I got the best brothers in the world, and they're amazing. And uh, God is... Uh, God has uh, just blessed me and uh, us as a family with a bunch of brothers. But Jacob, this, this man named Jacob, had many, many, many sons. And, and, they, and they had a younger brother, and his name was Joseph. And the older brothers, they didn't like Joseph very much. In fact, they, they felt like Joseph was, was uh, the little favorite of, of Jacob. And they thought he was a little snitch, like he would go and he would tell on them, hey, daddy, did you know that Reuben did? Did you know that Simeon did? Do you know what uh, Gad did? You know, they'd go and tell on uh, things that they did. And so God, God had, had chosen, in a way, Joseph and had spoken to Joseph in his heart uh, many dreams and visions, even as a young man. And the blessings, this blessing of the visions that God gave him and, and the, the ability to dream that God gave him would cause Joseph to, uh, to, to reach uh, places of greatness in his life. But also this same uh, blessing would, would cause his brothers to hate him, to really uh, not like him because he had dreams and he would tell his brothers that one day, they would serve him, that the older brothers would serve the younger brother. And, and they, you know, as you can imagine, they didn't like it. They didn't like it. If I start telling my older brothers, like, you guys are going to bow down to me, they'd be like, they'd be, they'd be throwing me off the boat into the ocean for, uh, you know, chum. And uh, so, you know, that, that's just a normal reaction, right? But, but God was truly speaking to uh, Joseph in his younger years and all through his life. And it seemed that, you know, Joseph's God-given gift, this ability to, to interpret dreams and to have visions, was both a blessing and a curse. Now, that, that's a truth for us. A lot of times, you know, we, God bless, if he blesses you with a talent or ability or gift, now, and there's different kinds, like there's, 
There's, there's physical gifts and abilities people have. Michael Jordan, you know, people who play uh, sports have just this natural ability. Some have it, some don't. It's just the way it is. Some people are just naturally skilled with things. Those are not spiritual gifts. I'm not talking about those. They can be used for the kingdom of God. My, my love for coaching, my love for the sports, I can use that for the glory of God. But in and in itself, it's not a spiritual gift. It's not. It's, it's physical. It's sports. But I can use it to bring people to Jesus. So I should and I must. God's wanting me to do that. But spiritual gifts are different. Like the, the ability to have visions from God, dreams from God, the ability to preach, the ability to teach. You know, these things, these are spiritual gifts that build up the body of Christ. Well, Joseph had this gift, okay? And it seemed like it was both a, a blessing and a curse, which a lot of gifts are that way, right? People then begin to expect that you're going to do things because you have this gift. So it could be a bummer at times. But, but one that God would use, uh, a gift and a blessing that God would use to put Joseph in a very important part, place at the right time in history, later on in his life, to save all of Israel. He's, he's going to rescue Israel through Joseph over a period of time as the timeline goes by. And so as the story goes, Joseph, Joseph is grabbed by his brothers He's thrown into a well out in the middle of nowhere, and then he is sold to a group of uh, bandits coming through that are headed to Egypt. He's, they sell their brother Joseph to these guys and into slavery in Egypt. And so they lived in Israel. Joseph now has gone to Egypt. They come home and they, sorry, they tell their father that he was killed. They bring his coat of many colors and and they make it look like he's been attacked by a wild beast and uh they tell dad he's dead they lied and they sold their brother to the egyptians that's not very nice brothers that's <laughs> not very good brothers is it um <laughs> brothers you 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 just let your mind go if you've got brothers uh but we'll bring it rain it back in here uh so he sold egypt Time goes by, and there's a famine in the land. This big famine hits the land. And so in Israel, where the brothers were living with their dad, things are getting real slim. The, the crops aren't growing. Nothing's happening because there's a famine, and there's no rain, and, and there's no harvest, so there's no food. And uh, so the boys are going to head to Egypt. Dad sends them to Egypt to because he heard that there's food there. So they're going to go to Egypt to see if they can get some food and some supplies. Okay. Joseph, in the meantime, all these years have gone by. He's now an adult. He's not a little kid anymore. That much time has gone by. Joseph did not stay a slave for very long. See, God would use Joseph to do great things. And so with his ability, his God-given ability to to understand dreams and visions, Joseph was able to interpret, when no one else could, the kings, the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, his dreams and his visions. And so Joseph, God told Joseph that the famine was coming before it got here. And so Joseph interpreted this vision and he said, look, what we need to do is store up food so that it'll get us through the next seven years of famine when it comes. And so the king puts Joseph in this high position over everything in the land. And so Joseph 
goes through with it. The famine comes. Now the brothers got to go to Egypt and they come to Egypt. And when they arrive in Egypt, guess who they had to bow down to and ask for food? You got it. Joseph. Only they didn't know it was Joseph. Like they didn't realize it was Joseph they were talking to. You know, he's got the Pharaoh, king, son, child, you know, authority garb on. And he's older now. They don't recognize him. And so they're asking him for help. And they don't know it's him, but he knows it's them. And so what Joseph does then is he puts them to the test. He, he, he runs them through some testing. He tells them to go back. He, he comes forward and, and uh, he, he, he wants to see if they love each other as brothers. I mean, that's the test. Like, have you learned anything from what you did to, to me? Have you learned anything? Do you really love one another? And so finally, finally, he could take it no longer. And there it was. Surprise. Surprise. Joseph reveals it. Surprise, it's me. I'm your brother, Joseph. Talk about surprises. That, that's incredible. That, that would just blow my mind away. Wouldn't that blow your mind away? You sold this guy, you sold your brother to Egypt, and now you're there and you're fulfilling the dreams that he told you in his childhood that you didn't want to buy into, you didn't want to believe, you hated him for him, and you sold your own brother, and now he's your only hope? He is going to rescue you from famine and death? That's pretty, that's pretty incredible, isn't it? That, that's truly monumental. That's God orchestrating amazing things. And the cool thing about the story is Joseph's faith. Joseph knows, Joseph looks back and he goes, you know what, what you guys meant for harm, you, you, you hated me, you meant for harm to me, but God was over it all. And God made all these things, good and bad, happen in our lives to bring us to this moment where God knew that there'd be a famine one day and you would be here and now all of Israel is gonna be preserved because of this event, this action. God can use anything. He is the God of surprises. This is an incredible uh, display of God's foresight, God's knowledge, God's power, his ability to orchestrate every situation over a long period of time, many, many years, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of time. And God is full of marvelous surprises. And he loves to surprise us with his amazing plans. He loves to surprise us with his amazing plans. He is a God who does amazing things, monumental things, incredible things. I hope and pray that we're watching, that we are watching for the surprises of God and we will not miss any of them. I hope you guys have a great day. Have a great week. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next time.